and the rest of us. Let's just turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And we've been talking the last several weeks on how to be a witness. And of course, we took the example of Jesus in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. And how that, what witnessing is, you cannot witness if you do not Talk to people. That's one of the hardest things. Now, there are many different ways of talking to people. Uh, one is giving them a gospel track. Um, I am not uh, that big of a fan of the Christian radio and quote-unquote Christian television and these things. I, I like a personal contact. How about you? Uh, that is God's plan. Uh, I've heard stories of people that will go over a village and drop tracts out, and then they'll go back and drop Bibles out, and uh, then they'll go back and uh, maybe send somebody in and claim that they have a church there. And I'm I'm not arguing with that, but I, I will tell you that how many of you in this room, the first time you heard the gospel, you got saved? We have a couple. I know we have a couple. How many of you heard the gospel say more than ten times before you got saved? How about more than fifty times? Okay, there there are some of us that had to hear the gospel over and over and over again, especially little children growing up in a Christian home. They will hear the gospel many, many times before they finally understand what it means to be saved. And I never like to hurry children into a salvation decision. Uh, I want them to be convinced. And um, different children are different. I mean, even in my own family. It was, uh, Peter was 11 years old before he finally sorted that out. And it took a lot of sorting. Of course, everything Peter does takes a lot of sorting. And, and uh, pray, uh, pray for us as we go to visit him this week, just trying to be grandma and grandpa this week. So just pray for us. And uh, the, uh, But Andrew trusted the Lord when he was four years old. He came back to me, and, uh, I think it was in Bible college, and started saying, Dad, I'm, I'm having some problems here. I'm, I'm just not sure. Uh, I'm saved. And we just went through the Bible. He said, but I did that. And I said, well, then you're saved, aren't you? Well, yeah. You see, it's not a complicated thing, is it? If someone doubts their salvation, I don't have this in my notes, but we'll just spend a few moments on this. Don't ever say, let's just pray again to make sure. That is not faith. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's Jesus that saves you. Amen? And I could call on different people in this room um, who we've spent some time and said, I, I don't think I'm saved. And I said, well, let's just spend a little time here. You can't not think. Uh, you either need to know. You're saved or you're lost. You can't be halfway in between. 
there's no such thing as half saved. Uh, that doesn't work. Half saved is wholly lost. And uh, you're either saved by the grace of God or you're not. Amen? And so when you're dealing with people, you want their faith not to be in a prayer they prayed. That was my problem. Was I was uh, a very young man. Uh, uh, I don't even remember how many times I prayed, but I... I do remember trying to really mean it on many occasions. Lord, I really mean it this time. Please save me. I really, really, really mean it. What does, is there any actual meaning in those words? How do you define really mean it? You see, God does not save you based on your sincerity. He saves you based on His goodness, that's grace, through faith. That's simply believing His Word. It's that simple. And that is salvation. And sometimes I know, and I try to work on this, uh, as we talk about different things, somebody will say, well, I... I don't know everything pastor knows. There's no way I can answer all their questions. Well, let me tell you something. And trying to answer a lot of questions sometimes is more of a hindrance to getting the gospel out than just keeping it simple. Just say, listen, and, and, and please, don't be afraid to hide behind the church. Say, listen, I'm not trained. I don't know all the answers to your questions, but this I do know. Once I was blind, but now I see. Amen? I was lost, but Jesus saved me. That's all you need to know to share the gospel. Study your Bible. How many of you know the verses of the Romans Road? We printed them out on several occasions, laminated them, different things. Romans 3.23, say it with me. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. We spent quite a bit of time there this morning. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you want to add Romans 5, 8 in there, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, That's a great verse to add. How many people do you know that can pick up the Bible and just show you verses in it that have to, that could answer the question of your salvation? You know, most people who call themselves Christians can't do that. I, I, I don't know how else to say this. There is no one in this room, because all the littlest children are out. Uh, There's no one in this room that doesn't have an excuse that you can't take your Bible 
and show someone those references. If you don't think you can remember them, get a um, permanent, it's called a permanent pigment marker. Uh, they're very fine tip. They don't bleed through the Bible pages. If you use just a regular ballpoint pen, you can tear the paper uh, that's in your Bible and the grease or the oil that's in the ink will actually bleed through the pages in a few years. But you get a what's called a permanent pigment marker. And uh, we used to have them in the bookstore. And if we don't have them, uh, we'll order some more in so that you can... Uh, and you can just put little marks in your Bible. I used to have a Soul Winner's New Testament that I carried. And I would hold the Bible like this. And so I wrote my notes upside down in the top margin. So I knew where I was going next. It's not a complicated thing. A preacher in North Dakota showed me that little trick. And uh, I, I had a set of verses. I could, go, I could start in Genesis and take you the whole way to Revelation. It took over an hour but once we moved to New York City, I found most people aren't going to take that kind of time. So, when you stick with the Romans Road or John chapter 3, you've just got the first seven verses of the chapter there. It gives you everything you need to know. And many people get the picture. Just like you're born spiritually, I mean physically, you need to be born spiritually. And uh, that's simply... What you have to do, you can, uh, how many of you have uh, one of the marked editions of John and Romans that we give out in our church? If, if you have one of those, you have everything you need because the marks are right there. And you can say, listen, and it'll tell you, start on page, I think it's 42. And when you get to 42, it'll tell you to turn to 45. And when you get to 45, it'll say 46. And when you get to 46, uh, it'll tell you another page to turn to. And, you, and all the verses are underlined. And in the back of that, uh, John and Romans, is just a bunch of different verses from all over the Bible. Promises that are in God's Word. And a beautiful little tool there. You can take the church track that we have. We have two of them right now that are in print. We're working on some other ones, so pray for us. Uh, how many did we just order? 10,000? Uh, just a couple weeks ago. And, uh, uh, in fact, the check hasn't even cleared yet. Uh, I just did the reconciling last night, and already we're over halfway through them. That is a good problem. And uh, we don't mind buying more tracks. And we'll pass them out till the Lord comes back. Amen? Most people would not mind, would not feel belittled a bit if you just read them one of the church tracts. And you could witness to somebody by just simply reading the tract to them. Now, it would behoove you, it would be a good practice for you to read it a few times on your own. So that you're familiar with the words and, and uh, you can read it easily and help people understand what the Bible says. If you're going to witness to somebody, that's what the Great Commission says, right? Go ye. Ye includes me, but it's more than me. 
It's not me by myself. You should have somebody with you. We Right now, we go out Wednesday nights, and we go out Saturday mornings. If, if we have some early birds that would like to get up in the morning, when we had the crew here from Heartland, uh, probably one of the reasons why we went through so many tracks is we had them out uh, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings at the subway stations. Now, how many of you know what happens at subway station in the early morning? Get out of my way. I want to get on my train. Leave me alone. But people still take them. Hey, wouldn't it be wonderful if you couldn't get on a train in Astoria? I'm changing stations. There they are again. These crazy people are everywhere. I've had people say, I got a stack of those at home. Have you read them? Amen. Come and see us. We want you to come to church. You haven't got the idea yet. Here's another one. Amen. And by the way, don't be afraid to smile. I, I don't know who coined the term, but I've adopted it, and, and I can't hardly say it without it as our friendly neighborhood Jehovah's Sicknesses. Uh, but if you look at them, don't don't most of them look like they got something wrong? I mean, they're just. I saw a group of them. I was. I think it was coming home from my asbestos test or something and saw a group of them sitting there and man, uh, people have talked about Baptists looking sour. I praise the Lord, I've never seen any Baptists look as sour as those people did. And uh, it, it doesn't hurt to smile. One of the things that does so well at Christmas time is when you say Merry Christmas and smile and give people track, They'll, a lot of them will take it. Oh, you're going to run into your bah humbugs. But isn't it nice to know that you've ruined their day? I'm sorry, I'm a Baptist. Not everything Baptist is necessarily biblical or good. But when I run into somebody that just hates God and hates uh, Christmas and hates all the good things about life. I, I just enjoy ruining their day. I'm sorry. And maybe it's in the flesh. Um, but uh, the Bible says about Ezekiel that God wanted them to know that there had been a prophet among them. And you know something? It's not a bad thing. To ruin an atheist day. I think I've told this story more than once, but we were out in Steinway Street, street preaching several years back, and a lady walks by. She apparently thought she was going to be really smart. She walks right through the middle of the meeting while I'm preaching and very loudly declares, I'm an atheist! And I hope this was the Lord, but I just looked, I stopped preaching, and I said, but are you an honest one? I've never met an honest atheist. And this was her reply. Oh, I believe in God. I'm sitting there. You can't write this stuff. You can't make it up. It's too silly. Nobody would believe you. But you know something? We, we ought to have 
and pray about a little joy as we serve our Savior. Amen? And pretty soon, hopefully this fall, we'll get things put together. We'll be sending Brother Franz up to the Bronx. And so then we'll have to go up there and pass out tracks. Amen? And uh, we're going to try to stretch ourselves as far as the Lord will do it. Pray for Brother Franz. Got a lot of work to do yet. We're working on it. Amen? But as you're going through the line, don't be afraid to give the cashier a gospel track. Yesterday I had to get my medical certificate and uh, what they call a fit test. They put the uh, respirator on you and, and make sure that you know how to check it so that it doesn't leak. And then they blow smoke in your face and make you cough so that you know the respirator is working. And uh, I gave the doctor a track and I gave the guy who blew smoke in my face a track and, and, and I gave the head of the school a track and and uh, uh, and uh, just passed out tracks. I mean, I've already passed my test. They can't take my certificate away. And so I just passed out tracks in the school. Well, it was, uh, and uh, one of the guys said, do you have a card? I said, yes, I do. Right here it is. And he gave him a gospel track. Amen. I said, he's got my name and number right on the front. And uh, And so hopefully he'll call me back with one of the missing pieces to our puzzle to get this asbestos abated. And... Um, But in your regular activities, if you leave a track at a restaurant, do not leave a 10% tip. Amen, Brother Dave? If you're going to leave a track, especially one from our church, okay? Now, if you're going to leave one from the Jehovah's Sicknesses, put a penny on the table, right? No, don't do that. Uh, they're their own bad press. They don't need us helping them. Be generous. If you're going to leave a track, at, at least 18%. Amen? Does that sound good? I mean, that'll make the server happy with you. And, by the way, if you really want to do it, is the way our tracks are is you put the money in the inner fold and then you just dog ear the bottom and they can't pull the money out without picking the track up. Just little tricks. Have fun. I've watched them try to pull it out and the track comes up and they're just sitting there looking at it. (laughs) Have a nice day. Oh, okay. I'll take the track. And and so, um, listen. Now, if you're at work, these are things we all know. If you're, if you're at work, you don't take the boss's time to witness. Amen? Hello? What you want to do is you want to wait for opportunities. To share the gospel. And God will give them to you. Pray about them. We've had people invite people from their workplace to come to church. And that's a good thing. Be careful. But you are still a citizen 
of a free country. And as long as you're not stealing time from the boss, you're allowed to witness. But if you're loud and obnoxious and you take over the break room and jump up on the table and start preaching, I I would expect that you would get fired and I'm not going to feel very sympathetic. All right? But you know what I'm talking about here. And, And just ask for opportunities. Listen. There are people who will listen if we'll be sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to talk to them. And that's an art as much as it is anything else. I'll tell you, one of the things that I, I love to do when I was traveling with Brother Clayton right out of Bible college is when we would go into a church and, and uh, go door knocking and different things, uh, I loved it when we were in an old established church. I'd find me the old soul winner on the, on the group and I'd always go with him. Because there's just something about age and walking with the Lord for a long time and you can learn things. You know, people uh, uh, said, your hair's starting to get white. I'm going, yes, I want it to be. You know why? Because people have to listen to you when you have white hair. They just do. There's a thing called respect. It's still part of our society today. Welcome the part in your life where God puts you. Don't say, well, when I get old and white-haired, pastor says they'll listen to me. Not if they haven't been listening to you all along. You start where you're at right now. That's how we learn to witness. And guess what? How many of you have ever had a failure as you tried to witness to somebody? We all have. You know what that is? Ask God to remind you about that. Not so you can feel bad about it, but so that you won't do the same thing again. Amen? You see, witnessing is getting myself out of the way enough that people can see Jesus. That's what witnessing is. But ye shall be Witnesses, right? Unto me. And what is, the, what is the impetus of that witnessing? It's receiving power from the Holy Ghost. Tell you what, we're not worried about TBN and all the stuff that's out there. If you want the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, get your hand of tracks, handful of tracks, and go out and start telling people about Jesus. Try to witness to your family. And realize something. We just went through this a little while ago. Most of us heard the gospel repeatedly before we got saved. Don't be so harsh in your presentation that you don't give them an opportunity to hear it again. Does that make sense? Keep the door open. 
What was the example? Paul said, what was it? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You don't know what part you're going to play in that person's life. If you're just passing out tracts on the street, chances are you're broadcasting seed. You're the starting point. Maybe you'll find somebody that has a whole handful of them and you can say, listen, our church cares about your soul. We care about your eternity. Well, you just poured a little water on there. Amen? And But only God saves souls. One of the greatest things that you can do is just show up. It would not be bad. Brother Newberger, when our church was growing the most, when we went from that 40, 50 up to right about where we are right now, we were giving out over 50,000 tracks a year. Now, I know we're not doing that at North Brooklyn yet. And uh, we probably need to do something about that. And maybe we'll start organizing one Saturday a month where we're just going to start going to Greenpoint again. And just, wouldn't it be neat to get 50 people over there and just flood the whole neighborhood with gospel tracts? That's not impossible. So you you buckle your seatbelts and pay attention. We'll be trying to figure that out. We've also got to get a Saturday, guys. And maybe we'll do both on the same day. We'll get all the guys in the church to empty all the trash out into a container. And ladies, we'll give you handfuls of tracks and we'll send you out. And uh, 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 I think what we'll do is uh, just uh, go down to McDonald's or something and have some snacks in front of the church because we're really not supposed to be behind the fence yet, uh, except for construction work. But... Uh, uh, just uh, keep your radios tuned and we'll let you know about that because uh, those are two things that just really need to be done. Uh, we need to get all the garbage out of the church, get it cleaned up. Some of that stuff's been laying on the floor there for 30 years. Uh, that's long enough. Uh, we just need to go in there and get the place cleaned out. And, uh, and of course, that has to happen before we begin the general construction work anyway. So... Uh, Pay, pay attention. Use your church. We got Brother uh, Jason Gaddis coming to be with us uh, the week of our ladies' conference. And uh, we're hoping to get the pastors of the Northeast in for uh, Thursday night and, uh, and Friday during the day for what we call Ministry Refresher Institute. And then Saturday is going to be the ladies' conference, and Mrs. Gaddis will be the main speaker, but Brother Gaddis will be speaking to you, and then they're going to stay uh, for uh, all day Sunday as well. And Mrs. Gaddis won't be preaching, but Brother Gaddis will. Amen? And uh, we'll be enjoying that time. Now, how many of you remember when I told you about Brother Sam for the first time and we had him out here? Does anybody remember that, how wonderful? And let me tell you, Brother Gaddis is one of the great preachers of our time. And you will enjoy it. How many of you have heard Brother Gaddis preach in person? A uh, good number of you. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm looking so forward to having him here. 
And uh, pray with me. I've still got to catch up with Brother Sam and get him scheduled again sometime. And uh, it just uh, uh, a matter of so much going on. But, listen, invite others to special events. Ladies, we have the mother-daughter tea coming up. That is an evangelistic event. Our ladies' conference, on the other hand, is designed to help our ladies mature in their relationship with Jesus Christ. When we have revival meetings, that's time to invite everybody to come. Our family fun nights are time to invite people to come. Listen, you have someone that you know well that's in the hospital, you can say, listen, my pastor, come by and pray with you. And I will, if it's at all possible. Somebody starts asking you a lot of questions. You want to scare them really good? Say, listen, I don't know the answer to all your questions. All I know, I can give you the gospel. And give them the gospel. And say, but if if you really need answers to these questions, why don't you come to church? Pastor will take time to answer your questions. And I will. Uh, If they'll come over to your house, we'll have a meeting together and just go through some questions. Not afraid of doing that. Use your church. Be involved in the visitation. Be involved in what's going on. We need to understand that you, nor I, nor all of us together are going to win this whole city, let alone the whole world. But we're not interested in the city. What we're interested in is individual souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've said this for 23 years, almost 24 If every adult in our church would just honestly and earnestly pray for one soul this year to become a member of our church, we would have to pad the side pews to hold everybody. Because you know what? You might accidentally get more than one. But we need to set that goal somewhere. And ask God, To help us. Now, don't get somebody that's already going to an independent Baptist church. We don't want that. What we're we're looking for is people need to get saved. Amen? And let's just go over that one more time and we'll be done. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus said, go ye, therefore. Don't take it upon yourself to go by yourself. Go with someone else. You say, Pastor, I can't come during the regular visitation times. You call church office. We'll find somebody, if it's humanly possible. Now, if the only time you can go is 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, well, we'll we'll pray that God gives you a different schedule. Amen? Uh, There just aren't too many people out at 3 o'clock in the morning. 
But listen, you get going with someone else. And one of the problems that we have in this city is everybody comes in and they just throw a bunch of tracks around and they're not connected to any local church. And I can tell you horror stories of people who made a profession of faith in Christ and one in particular just sticks in my mind and irritates the living daylights out of me. They discipled this person long distance. Then this person got into trouble. What they were really doing was putting a squeeze on them for a financial donation. And so that person then calls me up and says, listen, we've led this lady to the Lord. She's in your neighborhood and we've been discipling her for 18 months through the mail. Uh, You can't do that. You don't discipleship through the mail. You discipleship one-on-one. Amen? I said, okay, I'll, I'll call on her. You know what? She wasn't interested in the responsibility or the obligations that a local church brings. And I called the guy back up and I said, you know something? I said, you've trained this person to be uninterested in the local church. How in the world am I supposed to help her? said, the time to have hooked her up with the church was the day she got saved. Not 18 months down the road when she's in trouble. I said, the only thing she wants is money. I said, if you want to send it to her, have, be, be at it. But she's not interested in church. Not at all. I said, you know something? That's why the Bible says, Go ye therefore. You know what? There's already a church here. Let's work through it. Amen? If, if there's a place where there's not a church, well, then we need to start praying that God sends somebody there. As soon as Brother Franz gets in place, we're going to go over there and start passing out tracks. We need to do more than we've done in North Brooklyn. And... Uh, But we have been doing a little bit, amen? But we need to do more. We need to be faithful. Warmer weather's coming. People will listen. One of the greatest things you can do is get a partner, handful of tracks, and talk to the stoop sitters. They're just out there doing nothing. Give them a gospel track. Amen? But we need this to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. It's not getting notches in your spiritual gun belt. Amen? It's service and worship for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's let's pray about our involvement. Let's... Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you for your love and your goodness to us. I want to ask you to work in our hearts and in our lives that we may be your servants. We ask for boldness. And Lord, we ask for sensitivity that we would witness in a way that would be most conducive to spreading the gospel. Help us to be faithful to our church and Lord, to the new churches that you've called us to start. In your name we pray. Amen.